Production. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural edition of the USA Sports Report. My name is Chip Lake, and I will be your host for this series of Sports Talk. Uh, today, Master Sunday, April 12th, is our first ever show, so be patient with me as I uh, learn the interface and learn all the mechanics of how to work the TalkShoe Live software. Uh, we're going to try to do this, um, if not weekly, certainly bi-weekly, um, and certainly as needed when issues or stories come up in the world of sports uh, that capture uh, everybody's attention, as we had this week with the Masters. I look forward to Masters Week every year. It's the um, it's the beginning of spring. It's the first major tournament in golf in six, seven, eight months, and there's not another major tournament for another two months. So any golf fan always looks forward to the Masters. Had an opportunity to go down this year for a practice round on Tuesday. Uh, first time I've been in two or three years, and I can tell you the place is just amazing. Um, and no rain this week. First time in a long, long time that the uh, the tournament didn't have any rain. Last year had had uh, Masters round tickets on Monday. Uh, drove two hours, 45 minutes from my home just outside of Atlanta uh, in hopes of uh, spending a lot of money in the gift shop, as I wanted to do, to buy gifts and souvenirs and merchandise in an incredible uh, gift shop down at Augusta National. And uh, it rained so hard that Monday they wouldn't let anybody in. Um, That was the bad news. The good news was uh, everybody that had tickets for the Monday was able to uh, get get tickets for the following year on different days. The day that we had tickets was on Tuesday of this year, so that's why we we got to go. I went down with a buddy of mine last year as we got rained out, and we were bummed not to be able to get in. I, I, I knew we wouldn't see a whole lot of golf because the weather forecast was awful, but I did figure that they would let patrons in in order to buy merchandise. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case because I guess had they done that, everybody would have wanted to go in to buy merchandise, and they couldn't fit everybody. They can't fit anybody, everybody in the gift shop anyway. Uh, they have two main gift shops at Augusta National. For those of you who have gone, um, uh, both of the gift shops are in both of the entrances off of uh, Bergman's Road. There's a, a main entrance that uh, really feeds you right out to the middle of the first fairway, and then another that's on the fifth green, in between the fifth green and the sixth tee, um, and they both are incredible. Incredible, incredible gift shop. So we were bummed that we didn't get a chance to get in a year ago. So um, we went to eat lunch on the way back and have a few adult beverages at I believe it was a Roadhouse Grill off of Wheeler Road there in Augusta. And as we were eating, and there was uh, you know there was ten fifteen minute wait to get a table at the Roadhouse Grill in Augusta, Georgia, which is not normally the case. I would I would suspect and. Uh, the waitress said, uh, did you guys come down to go into the Masters? And we said, we did. And she said, uh, so they wouldn't let you in either. And we said, no, ma'am. So we decided we'd come over here, drink drink a couple beers, and uh, maybe eat some uh, chicken fingers before we head back. And she said, well, you see that table over there? And there were four gentlemen sitting at that table, also with very large cold beers. And she said they, they came down from just outside of Boston. All four of them did, and um, and none of them are going. Uh, none of them got into the Masters, and they have to. This was the only day they had tickets, and they're going back tomorrow. So we didn't quite feel uh, as bad this year. The 2015 Masters. What an incredible display of golf! 
and poise and focus and maturity by Jordan Spieth. What he was able to accomplish over the last four days, really over the last four months, is just incredible. Um, Let's take a look first and foremost of all the records that he was able to break this week down at Augusta National. Um, He tied Tiger Woods at 18-under for the lowest four-round total in the tournament's history. Now, keep in mind, Spieth is only 21 years old. That's right, 21 years old, and he was 18-under. Unfortunately, he had a bogey at 18, or he would have broken Tiger's record uh, for four-round scoring total. Uh, Also on Sunday, he broke Phil Mickelson's record of the most birdies at a tournament at the Masters Tournament at Augusta National. Phil Mickelson previously held the record before Spieth broke it today at 26 birdies. Jordan Spieth for the tournament had 28 birdies, an incredible statistic. Um, He broke the record for the lowest 54-hole score at 16-under, and he broke the record at 14-under for the lowest 36-hole score. The lowest 36-hole score was held for 39 years by Raymond Floyd and broken one of the many records broken this week by Jordan Spieth. Um, the last 12 worldwide starts for Jordan Spieth on tour, he has eight top tens, four wins, and he's 128 under par. Let me repeat that. The last 12 worldwide starts for Jordan Spieth, eight top tens, four wins, and he is 128 under par. Just incredible numbers. If you go back to uh, early November of last year, 2014, because the PGA Tour now, they start um, they start the uh, the year in the fall, after the conclusion of the tour championship, something new that they've done over the last couple of years to encourage, I think, a lot of the golfers to play some of the fall events, and I think it's worked. Um, in this case, um, Jordan Spieth uh, played a decent amount in November, December, but it was it was mostly in Asia and in the South Pacific in November. Uh, early November of uh, 2014, he finished 35th at the uh, World Golf Championships, the HSBC Championships in Shanghai, China. Um, and then the Phoenix, the Dunlop Phoenix Open was his next event, and that's not, uh, that's not Phoenix, Arizona. The Dunlop Phoenix Open was an event in, uh, in Japan um, over uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Spieth finished third in that tournament. Then he goes the following week to Australia, and he wins in Australia. And he shoots perhaps the best fourth-round score in tournament history with a 63. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nobody else that day. Nobody else that day broke 70. And Spieth had a 63 to win the Emirates Australian Open in uh, late November of last year, just after the Thanksgiving holiday. And then he gets on a plane and, and flies 8 to 10 hours over to California to play in, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, the Hero World Challenge Tigers Tournament moved uh, last year from California to Florida. So Jordan Spieth then gets on an airplane 
from Australia, comes all the way back to Florida to play in Tiger's Hero World Challenge and wins it at 26 under par in Windermere. Um, doesn't play again until late January in Phoenix where he ties for seventh has a sloppy tournament in early February over at Torrey Pines at the Farmers Insurance Open and misses the cut. Um, had a couple bad breaks in the second round, shot a 75 in the second round, missed the cut. Then he comes back the following week at Pebble Beach, tie for seventh. The week after that, the Northern Trust Open in L.A., he ties for fourth. And then in March at the World Golf Championships, the Cadillac Championships down in Doral, uh, speed finishes tied for 17th, and then the following week he wins in um, in Innisbrook at uh, Valspar Championship. Spieth wins, finishes second at the Valero Texas Open, second at the Shell Houston Open, and then this this week wins at the Masters. And so the last four starts for Jordan Spieth since March 12th, uh, a win, a second, a tie for second and then a win here at the Masters. Um, so the future of golf is now. Um, it still is hard to believe that Jordan Spieth is still only 21 years of age. 21 years and eight months, he becomes the second youngest major winner. Um, only Tiger Woods was younger. And Nike signed Tiger Woods when he was 19. Under Armour signed Jordan Spieth when he was 19. So we'll talk in just a little bit about what what this win might do, not only for Jordan Spieth, but what it might do for Under Armour. Uh, and AT&T got some good press this week. AT&T on the bag for Jordan Spieth. Um, great tournament. Um, Storylines of the tournament. They're, they're obviously, it's easy to get lost in the other storylines in the tournament because of the performance that Jordan Spieth put on, but there were a tremendous number of storylines this week. A lot of times there's, well, there's always a lot of hype going up to the Masters, and every now and then it, it, it can disappoint. You have a, a runaway winner. Um, you had a runaway winner this time, but it was very, um, very newsworthy, 21-year-old American, um, who I thought was going to be absolutely worn out and mentally exhausted coming into the week. If you remember the prior week, um, he lost in a playoff at the Shell Houston Open to J.B. Holmes, and um, and and I thought was uh, in, in near his hometown. Uh, he's from Dallas. The tournament was in Houston, so he had a lot of friends and family in the gallery at the Shell Houston Open watching him. Um, I thought that took a lot out of him, and that's a lot to go through a week before a tournament. When Tiger Woods was winning majors uh, two or three a year, he would never play, and he still never plays the week before a major. Every now and then he'll do it at the PGA, but very rarely will he ever play before a major. So I thought Jordan would be out of gas. wasn't so. He came out and absolutely um, – dominated the tournament and was the first wire-to-wire champion of the Masters since 1976. And after Thursday's round, he never held – his lead was never less than three strokes. Think about that for a second. Since Thursday's round, not only did Jordan Spieth win the Masters at the age of 21 in only his second try, but after Thursday, uh, he never led by less than – three strokes. Amazing statistics. But there were other storylines that that caught our attention in this Masters. Actually, there were quite a bit, but they were swallowed up by 
the work that Jordan Spieth did. Let's talk about some of the other storylines. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods coming into the Masters this year had only finished a Sunday round in a professional tournament once since the prior Masters. Pretty amazing statistic. Um, Obviously, he was injured, and he was out for a while. Then he came back and missed cuts. Then he came back and he made a cut, but he got injured on Sunday or Saturday or Sunday. So Tiger had not played a lot of tournament golf. He certainly hadn't played a lot of weekend golf. Uh, um, Played a lot on Thursday and Friday, but hadn't been making a lot of cuts. So I was wrong. I thought Tiger's golf career was over for two reasons. Number one, health. He just can't seem to stay healthy. And we saw today on nine, as he hit his approach shot to the green on nine, he hit a stump with his follow-through, and he tweaked his, he tweaked his wrist, said he had a bone pop out of his wrist, and he put it back in. Um, whatever, whatever, um, whatever the situation was, you could tell it really hurt him, and he was in a lot of pain, and it didn't look like, uh, it didn't look like he was able to get out of that pain until he birdied, and excuse me, until he parred 11 from the woods. Uh, I didn't know that he would finish the tournament when we saw him hit his tee shot on 10. But Tiger Woods came back, not only made the cut, uh, but played very well. Um, I think it was Brandel Chambly said after the Phoenix Open, or during the Phoenix Open when Tiger withdrew, Brandel said, you know, I've never known a professional golfer to recover from having the yips around the green. And I don't know that I can think of anybody that's ever recovered from that either. But um, but it looks like Tiger has recovered, at least recovered enough to excel and play very, very well in this year's Masters. Um, impressive feat on a number of fronts. Uh, number one, for anybody that plays golf, uh, you can hit the practice range all you want. You can hit the putting greens all you want. But until you get out there and play in tournament conditions, you really don't know how your game is. And so without having the benefit of the tournaments this year in his pocket like he's had in the past, um, I didn't expect much from Tiger coming into the 2015 Masters. And not only did he exceed my expectations, but I think he exceeded, he exceeded a lot of people's expectations too. And look, I, I, I enjoy nothing more than sports than to watching, watch Tiger Woods play golf in his prime. It was absolute and total and complete domination. I, I don't know that I can – remember i'm 42 years old i don't know that i can remember an individual so dominant in their sport um than tiger woods was when uh when he was in his prime and uh i was angry at tiger woods for um messing that up um with some personal problems obviously that he'd had in his life and he hasn't won a major championship since those problems since his divorce and since all that became public um and i hope he's back i hope he's back it'll be good for the game of golf it'll be good for tiger it'll make it um very interesting to watch uh, today you had tiger and rory uh, t- uh in a um uh in a in a uh, in a group uh third to last off you have the future of American golf, Jordan Spieth, with the lead, playing with Justin Rose, who Justin Rose today came in second for the 10th time in a major championship. Um, second for the 10th time in a major championship. So he certainly knows how to play in major championships, but he has trouble closing the deal. 
this that was not the case for Justin Rose today. Jordan Spieth won this tournament. Um, Justin played a great tournament, did everything he could, threw everything but the kitchen sink at Jordan Spieth, and nothing ended up working. Um, also, another storyline, Tiger played the par three this year. Um, that's not something he normally likes to do. And in fact, I, I believe it's the first time he, he has played the par three in over a decade. Um, Tiger normally likes to get nine holes in in the morning on Augusta National as early as he can because he doesn't like being around people. Um, and then he will try to get nine holes in as late as he can so that he can, again, limit his um, – um, uh, limit the amount of people that watch him play a practice round. And so he normally on Wednesday likes to get a little bit of golf in while everybody is watching the par three tournament. This year he was able to participate in it with his, um, with his kids and it looked like he had a good time. And I think part of, uh, um, part of the lead up for Tiger for the masters, the, this was probably not probably, this was the one tournament uh, the first Masters he has ever gone into with really no expectations. Um, every other time he's teetered up at this tournament, he's expected to win this tournament, and many times he does. This year he had no expectations. Um, I think the the line in Vegas as to whether or not he would make the cut was right at 50-50. So uh, how many times did you ever think, um, or first of all, it's never happened in the past, did we ever think we'd live to see a time before Tiger uh turn 40 that there would be only a 50 50 chance he'd make the cut at the masters i would have taken the under on that and said he didn't um but tiger had a great tournament hopefully he's back in his post uh, round interview with jim nance though and uh when jim asked him if uh when he would play next he said it'll be a while so um we'll see when tiger tees it up next on the pga tour third big storyline of the tournament how about jack nicholas getting a hole in one at the par three um, the par three tournament on Wednesday. It's hard to believe as short as those holes are and as accessible as they make those pins for the pros and everybody playing that Jack Nicholas has never had a hole in one before at the par three tournament at Augusta national, but he did this week and it was great. Um, I think it was number six. Uh, what a great way. Uh, what a great way for Jack. I, I don't know that he's, uh, uh, I certainly hope he'll be back for more par three tournaments, and I think um, I think he will be. Uh, but certainly, he's nearing the end of his career. On that note, Arnold Palmer, for the first time this year, was not able to play in the par three tournament. Arnold, well into his 80s now, is uh, recovering from shoulder surgery, and um, just wasn't physically able to uh, to make it around nine holes. He was able to tee it up as an honorary starter on Thursday morning. But Arnold Palmer, the first time he's not had an opportunity to play par three tournaments. So we'll miss Arnold in that tournament. Small chance he'll be back next year if his, um, if his shoulder can get better. But with his age, it's probably doubtful. And, and who knows how much longer uh, Jack will be able to play, maybe five, six, seven, eight years. But able to get a hole-in-one this year. Um, and uh, uh, the roar from... Augusta National when Jack got his par three in was something um, probably one of the loudest roars of the week and it should have been um, Ben Crenshaw's last tournament uh, last Masters ever and how fitting is it that Gentle Ben uh, Gentle Texan Ben Crenshaw his last Masters is the first Masters that Jordan Spieth wins Ben Crenshaw been um, 
such a role model for Jordan Spieth, helped him a lot to mature and grow. So how fitting is it that uh, Ben Crenshaw's last tournament at Augusta National is the first time that Jordan Spieth ends up winning? Um, big storyline for me, and I mentioned it earlier, weather. There was no rain at Augusta National this week. Um, and this time of year, um, I can tell you from living about two hours and 30 minutes away from the course just outside of Metro Atlanta, that's almost impossible. I was down in uh, uh, my kids and um, my wife and I went to uh, South Florida this week, um, Miami, uh, went to the uh, practice round on Tuesday and then drove to Atlanta airport from there and got on an 8 o'clock flight to Miami. I'll talk about that in a little bit. We were able to get in a Marlins game and a, uh, a uh, Miami Heat game, and wow, what a difference those two atmospheres are if you're a South Florida fan. Going to a Marlins game one night and a Miami Heat game the next night, um, pretty incredible. Um, we did have rain at night, and there was a little bit of rain in Augusta at night, but absolutely no delays in practice rounds and no delays during the tournament. So that was a big, big plus for Augusta National to avoid. And they really had rain showers all around them to avoid rain showers all around them. And then no amateur made the cut this year. Hate to see that. Um, there were uh, three, four, five amateurs in the field this year. Um, none of the amateur, none of the amateurs were able to make the cut. So the presentation in, in Butler Cabin only had uh, Bubba Watson and Jordan Spieth, and unfortunately there were uh, no amateurs on um, to be able to uh, the, no amateurs that that were able to um, to make the cut. So that was certainly disappointing. Um, Real quick, I, I want to talk the, the the parallels between what Jordan Spieth did at his young age and, and the success that Tiger Woods had when he was Jordan Spieth's age is is rather profound. And I talked earlier, Nike um, signed Tiger Woods to his first major contract in 19... Uh, I believe it was 1994. Uh, I actually don't know the same year, so don't quote me on that. Um, Tiger Woods was 19 years old when Nike signed him to their contract. Nike is one of the few, if not the only, uh, endorser of Tiger Woods that has stayed with him through all of the troubles that Tiger has gone through in his personal life. And I think Nike owed it to Tiger because Nike, while they were a very successful um, company before they signed on Tiger Woods, they really didn't have much, if any, market share in golf merchandise. And so Tiger was able to build that for him. Under Armour, um, a little bit similar in the fact that before Jordan Spieth, they didn't have a whole lot of coverage either in the golf merchandise um, market share space, but Under Armour is a lot newer of a company today than Nike was when they signed on, than Nike was when they signed on um, Tiger Woods about 20, about 20 years ago. Um, <clears throat> there was an article today that I would encourage everybody to read on that, that Patrick Risch wrote on Forbes.com. 
um, titled Can Jordan Speed Do for Under Armour What Tiger Woods Did for Nike? Um, and it goes on to say, and I'm quoting from Rish's article, um, Tiger Woods' relationship with Nike was started in 1996, uh, was originally a five-year, $40 million contract. As Woods began accumulating majors, his deal was extended in 2001 for five years at $100 million for the five-year period, and then again in 96, which was a seven-year deal, and in, in 2013. Um, uh, again, quoting from Rish's article, uh, and I don't expect Under Armour Golf will soon catch Nike in terms of market share. Nike's been a real player on that course for more than 20 years because of Mr. Woods and with the hopes of continuing on in the future due to the likes of Rory McIlroy, who is also signed on with Nike. But um, but with the win and in this year's Masters, Spieth can certainly help Under Armour further their share of the golf apparel market. Um, Patrick Risch is the founder and president of Sports Impacts. He is an economics professor at Webster University. And then um, starting in June of this year, he'll become the director of the sports business program at the Olin School of Business, Washington University in St. Louis. Um, very well-respected sports economist. I encourage everybody to read his, uh, to read his article. Jordan Spieth endorsement deals. What does he currently have um, before the tournament started? He had an, obviously we talked about Under Armour, AT and T had the AT and T bag, um, Titleist, Rolex, Perfect Sense Digital, NetJets, Superstroke Grips, um, Spieth, whose agent Jay Danzi of uh, Laggard, uh, actually I'm going to screw it up if I say L A G A R D E R E, uh, Unlimited made 2.3 million overall with about $6 million coming from off-field business deals. That was last year. Um, he gets $1.8 million for his master's win, and that, is, and that is on top of the $3 million that Spieth has already won, just in prize money coming into this year. Um, but the victory for Spieth really hits all the benchmarks agents and endorsement partners want to look for. Um, this is an article that Ron Sirak wrote in Golf Digest just uh, just today, uh, 12 April. So this article posted about 20 minutes after um, um, after uh, Jordan Spieth uh, knocked in his winning putt on 18, and it makes a lot of sense. The victories for for Spieth is worth so much more because he hits all the benchmarks, as I just said. Four benchmarks. First is believability. Um, nobody thinks this is a fluke. And I think everybody understands and believes that there will be more major championships for Jordan Spieth in the future. So the first benchmark for um, for being able to capitalize monetarily on your win is believability. Second is longevity. Because of his age, we've talked about it, he's only 21. Business partners are very confident that he'll be around for a long time, generating a lot of publicity for their products. The third is likability. Um, Spieth is as nice of a guy as you could want endorsing your product. Um, and it doesn't look like he has any off-course baggage. He's polite. Um, um, he's focused. He's articulate. He's smart. He's good-looking. Um, and obviously the story about how close he is with his family, his mom, his dad, his brother who plays basketball, 
um, um, I believe it's for Brown University up in the Northwest, and then and then uh, who could forget the pictures of of Jordan hugging his special needs sister last week at the Shell Houston Open. It was the first time I think she had seen him play in a professional event as a pro. Don't believe she was able to make it to Augusta National, but a really good story and certainly likability. And then the fourth for marketability is not only did he win a major championship, but he won the Masters. And the Masters is the right one to win if you're going to win a major championship and look to capitalize financially on it. Um, Andrew uh, Whitlieb of the Legacy Agency um, and Andrew is the agent, I believe, for Jim Furyk, who won the 2003 U.S. Open, and said, uh, quote, the Masters is definitely number one in terms of the most lucrative win. It stands on an island by itself. There hasn't been a major in eight months, and it's two months until the next one. It generates the highest TV ratings of any golf tournament, in part because golf season is just starting in much of North America. It is also televised to more than 100 countries around the world. Um, the Masters is a very global event. Um, the uh, Masters Tournament Committee hands out more invitations internationally than um, than any other uh, than any other major. Excuse me. And as a result of that, it is uh, it's certainly the tournament that is um, that is watched the most worldwide um, from a golf perspective. So clearly, the tournament winning a Masters tournament has the potential to. Um, to have a, a big impact on the wallet of Jordan Spieth, and, and hopefully, um, hopefully it won't change him. He stays as focused and determined as he as he was this week. And I think American golf fans American golf fans have a lot to look forward to, um, a lot to look forward to. So uh, at 21 years of age, we look forward to seeing what is next for Jordan Spieth. Um, we're going to transition a little bit. I want to talk just briefly about my trip this week to um, my trip this week to Miami, which was a lot of fun. We had great weather down there, and it was hot. Love the hot weather. Um, and then uh, I want to talk. Want to finish by talking a little bit of baseball. It's the end of the first week of the season. The opening day was uh, um, last week tonight. With Sunday night baseball to tonight, the Red Sox are playing the Yankees, and while the Yankees have struggled this year, lost two or three to the Blue Jays to start the season, and uh, they've lost the first two in their series against the Red Sox. They look good tonight. Um, look really good tonight. They're up four nothing. It looks like in the uh, in the third inning against the Red Sox. So. Uh, Yankees might get their second win tonight if they can hold on to it. They'll be two and four. Before we get into a little bit of a baseball discussion about kind of the first week, um, had an opportunity to go to my first Marlins game and my first Miami Heat game this week, uh, and it was uh, had a lot of fun at both of them. But it was very, very interesting to say the least. Um, uh, Thursday night, the Marlins play the Atlanta Braves, and being an Atlanta Braves fan and being down in South Florida when they were um, playing the Marlins, I decided to take my wife and two kids to the game to Marlins Park in downtown Miami. Uh, as I mentioned, on Tuesday, I had an opportunity to go to Augusta National and walk around the grounds there. So didn't get into Miami until midnight Tuesday night. So uh, Wednesday night was the last of the three-game series, opening series, 
um, for the Marlins and the Braves. And then both teams had Thursday off and went back at it on Friday. So uh, the Braves won the first two games of the series, and the last game of the series was on Thursday night. Um, I logged on to Ticketmaster uh, two days before the game to look for tickets. And I was able to get four tickets on the aisle, 14 rows up, um, almost right behind home plate to the third base side of home plate, but certainly a lot closer to home plate than I was third base. I got the tickets at $50 a piece, $200. I was able to take my wife and two kids to the Braves-Marlins game, and a beautiful stadium, new stadium, retractable roof stadium, but nobody was there. Um, The upper deck at Marlins Stadium, and I kid you not, the upper deck is not a continuous upper deck. It doesn't go all the way around the park. Excuse me. So you have an upper deck that um, that is along the third baseline and that is along the first baseline. And then you have an upper deck that is in the outfield. So the upper deck in the outfield had a few people sprinkled in it. The upper deck between the end of the third baseline and the end of the first baseline, all the way over to the foul balls, did not have a single individual in the stands. Not one. Not one. This is the third game of the year. Granted, the Marlins lost the first two. But not one person was sitting in the upper deck of the stands. And I tell you, about, about 30% of the, um, of the fans in the stadium were Braves fans. Um, we showed up as Braves fans, but my kids are, are big fans, as am I, on one Carlos Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton. And uh, we enjoyed watching him. He made a tremendous defensive play to, um, to steal what would have been likely a triple RBI triple or a minimum a double from Freddie Freeman in the fifth inning. It was 0-0. Struck out three times at the plate, though. Shelby Miller made the um, made his first start for the Braves since coming over in a trade from St. Louis for Jason Hayward. And um, Miller was able to strike him out twice. And then um, the Braves' bullpen, which up until yesterday had not allowed a run, um, was able to get a strikeout on one Carlos Stanton, too. So uh, I think less than 18,000 people in Marlins Park, and that was the official attendance. Um, I think they were counting a lot of empty seats. I think that probably includes either seats sold or uh, I don't know how they came up with that figure because it certainly didn't look like there were more than 10,000, 12,000 people in the stands. And it's sad because they, they do have a good team. And they have a phenomenal facility down there. And I know it gets hot in Miami, but it is a retractable roof stadium. And uh, the roof was closed because it was one of the hottest days of the year. But we were very, very comfortable. And if you go to Marlins Park, not a whole lot of people go to Marlins Park. But if you go to Marlins Park to watch a game, you have to get the Oreo churros. Unbelievable. Oreo churros along the third baseline um with uh with the white icing that you can dip in certainly worth going back if you don't want to go back and watch baseball um then the next night we went to uh the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat the Miami Heat obviously struggling as they wrap up their season and the Bulls are fighting to try to make it into uh into the playoffs um 
little bit different culture and atmosphere at the Heat game. A little bit more passionate fans. Uh, great experience at both, though. We had a tremendous experience at the baseball game, and we had a great experience at the basketball game, but for two different reasons. Um, the basketball game, just incredible energy. Every seat was packed in American Airlines Arena, despite the fact there's no more LeBron James, despite the fact that Chris Bosh is out. You still had Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade, and um, as we were walking through, uh, we had just checked in, or we had just gotten to American Airlines Arena, and as we were uh, walking to the concession stand to get a hot dog, um, a gentleman, an official-looking gentleman in a, a suit and tie came up to us and said, Sir, are these your kids? And I said, Yes, sir, they are. And he said, uh, Do you think they'd want to go down and be a hard, part of the high-five club when the team comes out to practice and they'll get to shoot free throws on the, on the, uh, on the floor? And I said, Well, absolutely. So we, we signed a waiver, and uh, they took about 12 to 14 kids down uh, onto the floor. We couldn't go with them, but we were able to get – uh, pictures from the official photographer of the Miami Heat um, gave us a card where we could go on a website and we could pull down photos online of our kids on the floor. And I tell you, that was the highlight of their trip. We went deep sea fishing, uh, went to a great baseball game where we had great seats. We did not have great seats for the Heat Bulls game. We had uh, we paid more for the seats, but we were five or six rows up um, from the top of the arena. Uh, right at midcourt, but we had a uh, we had a difficult time uh, seeing all the way down to the court. The seats go straight up, uh, but very good game. The Bulls, uh, the excuse me, the Heat dominated the first half, and the Bulls dominated the second half. The Miami Heat were up 18 at half. They lost by 10. They got outscored by 28 points in the second half. Um, so uh, obviously, Bulls came out came out firing, but um, uh, a very interesting perspective on Miami sports. Would love to go to a, a Miami Dolphins game and and um, and and uh, and do the the trifecta. Um, as we close it up here, uh, we look at the first week of uh, Major League Baseball. I had already said now the Yankees are now up seven nothing over Boston in the bottom of the third. So, uh, barring anything. Um, very unusual. It looks like the Yankees will get to two wins. There's only two undefeated teams to the first week. So seven days into the regular season, there's only two teams in Major League Baseball who are undefeated, and they are both in the American League Central. Uh, the Detroit Tigers are 6-0, and and the Kansas City Royals are 6-0. and um, Nobody in the National League right now um, is without a loss. The Atlanta Braves, as I mentioned earlier, started the season with a three-game sweep of the Marlins in Miami. Then they came back and won the first two games against the Mets. They lost today 4-3 to three for their first loss. Um, so the Atlanta Braves are 5-1. to one. Very surprisingly, it's been a fire sale for the Atlanta Braves in the offseason. And there, there were not too many people around this city that had any expectations for that organization. And in fairness, in a long season, six games is not a good sample to judge whether or not the Atlanta Braves will be successful. But starting the season five 
and one, um, especially after trading their closer, Craig Kimbrell, to the San Diego Padres the day before opening day. Uh, there were a lot of people that were uh, very upset with new general manager John Hart and um, um, and a lot of the moves that he's made in the offseason. Uh, I think it's going to put the Braves in a strong position from a cap perspective. Um, they have uh, a lot of early round picks in the uh, in the major league draft that's coming up. People that will be able to make an immediate impact, or or if not immediate impact, be able to be called up um, to the major leagues within a year or two. Quickly, maybe two or three guys that we can get in this draft can fit that role, and there will certainly be a lot of people in the first first ten rounds of this draft who can uh, be. Uh, a big impact in the Braves farm system. Braves, Braves have been uh, known for a strong farm system up until recently. Our farm system's been depleted for the last two or three years. So um, I like the moves that John Hart's doing. If we can get away with having a good year this year, I'll be happy if the Atlanta Braves are 500. Certainly getting out to a 5-1 and one start is a um, – yeah, it's it's a good start on that way, but it's a long season, so we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting to watch uh, to watch baseball get going. Glad uh, the Masters is behind us. It's the unofficial start of spring and summer um, this week on the PGA Tour, the RBC Heritage. Uh, I just saw that uh, Jordan Spieth is scheduled to play in that tournament. I'll be surprised if he if he um, if he actually does that, I think Bubba Watson did that a couple of years ago and did not do it last year. Now, winning the Masters is a lot like winning the Daytona 500. Um, you do so, and you get put on a private jet, and you go to Disney World, and you go to Letterman, and you go out to L.A., and you do all the the um, you do the Leno show and the Conan O'Brien show and all that. So, um, not a whole lot of time for Jordan Speed to rest. Looks like he will tee it up in the RBC Heritage Classic this week in Hilton Head. Um, and uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show this evening. Again, this is the inaugural USA Sports Report. Um, I hope to be doing uh, doing these shows on a weekly, biweekly basis, and I hope to be also getting better as I do them, and and um, and getting more people to listen and follow. So if you're if you're listening tonight, or if you've downloaded the show and you're listening, uh, thank you so much. It's the first time, and uh, we hope to have you back on future shows. And uh, this week, I will um, I will post on the interface and on the website when our next show is going to be, the date and the time, and I certainly hope um, certainly hope that you can join us. Um, with that, have a good Sunday, and uh, we'll be back uh, probably at the early part of um, not this next week, but the following. Thanks so much, and have a great day.